Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Surreyor Global Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, myself, Hybe Index, and You'll Never Walk Alone are joined by French manager M. Seguin or Ergo FC. This week, we're going to look at Seguin's Surreyor journey and his passion for the platform. We're going to have a look at game week 126. We're going to discuss how we scout players and have a look at some of the community news. So welcome, Seguin. Pleasure to have you on. Oh, thanks. Thanks to welcome me in today. Welcome, welcome. Nice, nice. Yeah, very nice to have you on. And uh, I've enjoyed uh, watching your progress and uh, the videos that you create for the community. So if you don't mind, we'd like to start at the very beginning. And could you tell us your journey so far? And in particular, we know, but maybe the viewers would really like to know, the name Goat FC. How did this all start? So Goat FC come from uh, uh, Monsieur Seguin. Monsieur Seguin is a famous... Uh, French goat razor. It's a child story that we we can hear when we are young. So I use this uh, pseudonym since uh, since maybe ten years or something like that. Yeah, no, I think it's a fascinating name, and it took me a while to to, to work it out. And, and uh, I would never have guessed had had you not told me. Now, when did you when did you join the platform? And do you remember your first few weeks? How did you find starting in the game? So I joined uh, I joined Sora in uh, May 2019, uh, but I started playing only in May 2000. 20. So I uh, I was watching uh, the platform uh, on the beginning. Uh, the truth that I think the platform was not that appealing. It was uh, only Jupiler uh, League, and uh, I was not that interesting in invest in this kind of, of league. In May 2020, when I uh, relooked how the platform was, I saw that very uh, more club. It was very very more interesting. Very. Juventus, there were uh, Leverkusen in, in Germany, almost all big clubs in uh, in Italy, so Juventus, Napoli, Lazio, so Atletico in, in, in Spain. So it was more interesting uh, since uh, there were more clubs, particularly from now champion Europe. So it's why I started to, to, uh, to play the game in May. Also, I had plenty of time because of the, the lockdown. So I have plenty of time to study the game. My first two weeks, I only studied the market. I asked you many questions. <laughs> uh, you helped me a lot. It was it was uh, it was really really nice because uh, before there were no SOAR data. So before SOAR data, it was very difficult to find the uh, price market price. So yeah, the first weeks it was only this, only uh, checking the prices, uh, understand the market. I studied the game more. Um, the scoring it was the first uh, iteration of the scoring, so it was totally different than now. If you remember, but. It was mainly on goals and passes, uh, assists. If you don't have, uh, if you don't have uh, these players who mainly uh, scored or or, uh, or assist, uh, it was difficult to do good scoring. So I focused, yeah, I focused mainly on this kind of players. You were very calculated at the beginning, and I, you know, enjoyed our conversations. It was obvious to me that you were really you were you were going to some of the most prominent managers in the game. You were discussing their, their thoughts, getting valuations, and then you started purchasing. And, and what interested me was you started to buy uniques very early on in your collection. I think a lot of managers start their journey. They start with rares, then they get the confidence from those rares and progress up maybe to super rare. And then if they have the capacity to move up to unique, but you went in quite early. And I remember the, the, the Koulibaly auction because we were both bidding on that card together. What was your thought process in deciding to go for uniques quite early on in, in your uh, collection? So as, as I said, I, I subscribed uh, one year before starting playing. So I was already watching the platform, how it evolved. So it was, I was already confident on the project, just I was not interested by the teams 
currently available. When I, I, I started to play, I knew I, I wanted to, to use Unique. I wanted to, to, to build a large collection. So uh, my first idea was to, uh, to build top from bottom. It was difficult, so I didn't succeed in, in reality. But my first idea was to buy Unique to win uh, Super R. And after with the Super R, uh, win RAR to play, to play in. Uh, so uh, my first idea was very, really to play top from bottom. So start with D1 and after D, with the rewards playing D2. That was my first idea. So. But the truth was that it was really difficult to gather just five competitive uh, unique. At that time, the power was very, very hard for new cards to compete in D1. So, so it, was not, uh, it was not working this, this strategy. <laughs> but complementing that you were able and i know this because we did some transactions you did some transactions with zara and many other managers at the time you built up a very impressive collection of super rares at excellent prices and maybe that division one first attempt wasn't perfect but you certainly got a strong enough foundation of super rares to set yourself up for division two and division three very very quickly yeah so when i saw that uh, i could not buy the player i wanted for div one i uh, so i did it for div two so i bought many super rare. at that time uh, super rare was cheap compared to now because uh, mainly not a lot of people like them because it was difficult with the power uh, you cannot uh, use them uh, rapidly uh, in div three because uh, of the power. Uh, I remember it was 22, above 22, they could not play anymore yeah. in, in Div3. So at that time, yeah, Super was, was uh, cheaper. When I started, I, was, uh, I told you that I wanted to plan for, to, have, to be competitive for September. So I, I already planned three months, mainly buying uh, players at that time who, uh, that nobody, uh, nobody wanted because of, uh, of the current, uh, the curing at that time. So I mainly bought uh, many, uh, many defenders, many uh, midfielders uh, who were not doing assists. For example, uh, Declan Rice was really cheap at that time. Koulibaly also was cheap. Uh, there is yeah, this kind of player. So, so I always, when I, I started, I always tried to, uh, to think what will happen next, anticipate and buy, buy not for the next month, but for next three months, what I will need to, to play and what will be... Uh, what will uh, increase value? I think you did it excellently because, you know, of course, not every card that you buy will be a perfect card in three months from now. But using things like, you know, we've only this year just had the, the AMAs with uh, Nicholas. But trying to predict which direction the game is going, where the improvements can come from. As you said, we all had a feeling that defensive midfield players should and maybe would become more powerful in the future. But it was still, you know, as you said, speculation two to three months in advance of any particular rule changes. But I would imagine, and, and, and I know your collection very well, you've got a really nice collection of cards, is that the cards that you bought that have gone on to appreciating value have made significantly more than the cards maybe that haven't gone on to you know, benefit from rule changes. Uh, and they're still good cards and they can still be used as tradable assets. But I think 70, 80% of the cards, you must be really happy with uh, the majority of your purchases. Yeah, I buy at maximum player that I like to see also. So there is also this in addition. And also when I started, it was uh, so before the transfer window and summer so i also try to buy a lot of players who can be transferred so some succeed some didn't succeed but also uh, because of the discontinuity and so i cannot get all licenses particularly for a premier league 
I also wanted to buy this kind of player because uh, like uh, Kaya Verts or Gabriel from Lille or Ruben Dias, even if it happened in the last day of the, of the transfer window, but this kind of player who can be transferred and who, who are good core on Sora, that it will be after uh, after they, they get transferred, very difficult to get them because people will, n- will not want to, to let them. And we saw what happened with uh, with uh, Bruno Fernandez, that is very good scorer. And, uh, and uh, now because of the supply is really, really uh, difficult to get. No, agreed. So in amongst your uh, collection, who would you say are your uh, favorite cards at the moment? I think Bruno Fernandez Spiro <laughs> is probably you're, you're, you're a fan of Diaby as well, aren't you? Oh yeah, oh Moussa Diaby. Yeah, when <laughs> I started, Moussa Diaby was was really uh, not hyped in the platform. So yeah, I bought uh, three Spiro. Yeah, he's really really good player. I really like him. I think he has the potential to become a, like a starter in French team in the in three or four or five years very very solid player when he played in Paris he was uh, he was really very solid uh, even if he's still young he's, uh, he has to improve but uh, he has something particularly on passing and not assisting other players that when you when you watch some game uh, particularly when Avert was still there I will say maybe 70 or 80 percent of his assists was uh, just tap in for the forward so really when he give you the ball you just have to push it in, in inside the, the the goal and so that's that's impressed me a lot and he's, he's really really he has a lot of speed yeah he's good really good player yeah. well Leverkusen have, have started the season fantastically good game I, mean, I know we're going to preview game week one two six Leverkusen v Bayern has got to be one of the standout fixtures for this weekend but so in terms of you've got I would say the foundation of your collection now how how has the game changed for you not how does the game change but in terms of you signing on now actions that you take how are you are you going to make any big changes to your portfolio or are you now looking just to utilize this collection to uh, hopefully generate you some uh, some some nice rewards so currently what i do on uh, on my gallery is i will say maybe each week each uh, two three weeks i uh, i look to the worst performers i try to to sell them to uh, gather ethereum and after uh, currently i only buy uh, I only buy unique on market. I complete, I buy some super rare uh, uh, if needed to complete some teams. But currently, I, I think I have a competitive team in the almost all division. But uh, my improvement can only come from uh, Div1. So yeah, I focus mainly on uh, on unique auction. Is there any team that could join the platform that could convince you to uh, buy some more rares or super rares? Uh, n- um, not really many, many cards. Um, I don't think I will invest more maybe in super rare in a row I think he has um, the idea is really to keep everything so since the beginning I always snowball so yeah now the, the target is really to keep everything to, to buy more unique it's it's the only uh, only league uh, I, I'm only competitive currently on uh, Div 1 uh, Champion Europe and yeah I need to to, Im- to improve my Div 1 in U23 All-Star Challenger so yeah I have uh, I have uh, like maybe uh, 10 more units to buy to be competitive and, and after maybe Asia and uh, and America but it will be the last division 
uh, where I will go for Unique. I already have three Unique uh, that are solid in uh, in MLS. So for America, I think it can be good. So for new clubs who can join the platform, that I will be happy for sure. Uh, Milan, Milan, Milan HC will be will be really interesting. Theo Hernandez is very good. Um, I don't know. Yeah, more teams. Yeah, for sure, more teams will be will be good for the game. Who do you support in France? So in France, I supported for a long time Bordeaux when okay. I was I was uh, I was young, and since I live in Paris, so I go I go to watch Paris game. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And then so the time that you used to spend on the transfer market, I know you uh, you can tell you listen and watch a lot of the games so you can see the characteristics of the different players. But you've also started to help the community by putting together player of the month videos and, and some of the votes that we've all been participating in. Yeah, so I started with uh, Team of the Week uh, videos. So the first one exactly was uh, was uh, Team of the Season video. So uh, And after I did the Team of the Week videos, so the idea was to gather... Uh, it, happened, uh, it happened after the new scoring, so the idea was to gather clips from uh, each player who were in the Team of the Week uh, to better understand also the scoring. So for me also, I learned a lot from it. After I did the player of the month video, so that's, the idea was to uh, better also better understand why a player performed well uh, during the last month. And uh, currently, so I didn't upload a lot of videos these days because I'm learning more about uh, game analysis. So why uh, why a team better perform during one game? So it's so so really going into depth to analyze why a player would perform well against a particular type of opponent. Game analysis? No, game analysis is just uh, analysis of one game. Uh, so, for example, tonight, uh, I will not do for this, but uh, like not, uh, just one game, you analyze this and uh, try to understand uh, the, each team and why, uh, for example, a coach shows a player rather than another one. For example, uh, in PSG uh, these days, uh, Marquinhos play a lot of time uh, in the midfield. I will not comment if it's good or bad choice. I will just say when Verratti is not here, uh, Marquinhos helped to, to build on the midfield because Verratti, his role is a register. So he played front of the defense and he organized the game, the first uh, relaunch. And uh, when Verratti is not here, Kinos help a lot in the midfield to do that. So this kind of analysis, what I, I think uh, I will try to, to do next on, on the videos. And so you enjoy the scoring then? I mean, that must be quite exciting. The fact that when you see your players scoring now, I think there's up to... 60 different uh, metrics to determine their final score. Um, do you feel the scoring now is a lot fairer than when you started? And do you see any obvious ways as to how that can be improved even more? So yeah, currently, yeah, it's much better when we started. When we started, it was mainly on goals or assists. Everything else was almost nothing. So yeah, currently, yeah, it's much better. But I feel like currently the scoring uh, points give a lot of uh, points, mainly on passing on passing uh, so long passes uh, short passes passes forward on the passes as well yeah forward passes or passes on the last third so this kind of, of uh, maybe yeah I think maybe uh, passing is too, too powerful uh, currently I, I don't know it's my, my feeling because for example when I look the scoring of Koulibaly now on some some games he got like 20 points just on, on passing but because because also he is he's one of the best in Europe and uh, when when he, when Napoli has the ball he's the organizer all the balls go through him my mainly organize all, all Napoli team from uh, from the from the back yeah I know we've had conversations in the past players like Saul who we both like uh, who's a very 
influential player for Atletico, but still under this scoring system, it feels like players like him perhaps don't get the real benefits uh, versus, as you said, somebody who could just be passing the ball backwards and forwards uh, all game yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaul is one example. Yeah, there is, there is still few, less less than before, but still few that scoring doesn't represent their, their real level because there is a lot of, like, what Sorar cannot score is uh, the game without the ball. Like, for example, when you, when a forward do a, do a, do a run, on the back of the defense uh, to attract his defender and uh, he give more more uh, more space for 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 the midfield to to give uh, the ball on on uh, the other attacker this kind of move for example is really interesting in game but on the scoring cannot be represented so far. all the game without the ball uh, is not represented on so far for sure yeah. do you think that will come do you think that's something that over time we, we can see a future iteration that could start to include these type of things? Not really sure, because also it's that, that's, that's not data that you cannot, uh, that's, already, uh, that's not data that are currently uh, recorded. Also, I spend a lot of time on Wiscout to, uh, to find data on players and better understand uh, the game. There is not this kind of data. Like uh, the, non-ball, the non-ball game is currently, I think, uh, one area of the football that are not dominated by data because yeah, currently on, on, on big clubs, uh, they, focus, they focus on data, they focus uh, how many kilometers you run, how many uh, passes you, you made, how many successful, everything. So particularly big club, I think Liverpool also, they do that. They manage a lot of on data. But the non-game ball, it's an area, I think, that are not tackled by data. Okay, well, look, it's really great to hear uh, and for you to share your, your journey so far. Uh, do you have any advice for managers that weren't able to join at the same time as you. I mean, you've, you've watched for a year and you've played for well over a year now. For somebody joining now, what would be your uh, tips that you could uh, share with them? For a new manager, I can recommend to, to spend a lot of time to study the game on Sora Data. You can find, uh, you can find uh, a lot of pricing information and a lot of uh, uh, scoring information on the platform. Player I would recommend is Vormer. He's uh, really re- reliable. Uh, he's the captain of Bruce which is the best team in 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 Jupiler Pro League he play also in Europa League so he play also in midweek so yeah there is a lot of uh, players uh, like him who, who are cheaper than than uh, maybe other hype players and uh, who can perform a lot okay and, and I think you've you've said to me in the past about avoiding injured players as well yeah yeah so yeah one one important part of my strategy was to avoid uh, uh, injured players because on on, on Soraya price can can decrease a lot and fastly so if a player gets injured more than one or two months uh, your events your advancement can uh, can decrease a lot so yeah i prefer a reliable player i prefer captain i will i will uh, prefer this kind of player captain uh, or player that are really reliable which starts every game so yeah this kind of player i know i i don't know if you're just saying that or whether or not you want a better price on my wesley unique but uh, you know we, we can always negotiate after the show <laughs> i think i think he's out of relief months now i think one of my first experiences was buying dimata from andelect uh-huh. uh, at, and this is when he was actually playing 
and then he underwent a, a horrific injury and has never really recovered. And then Wesley, I seem to have jinxed him as well. Uh, 11, I think it's 11 months by the time he gets back, maybe even longer. Yeah, injured players, I completely agree. Because the market seems to be so focused on form and what's happening yeah. this week and what's happening next week, again, those that can be patients and those that are able to look slightly slightly ahead, you know, a month, two months, three months, and, and now we've, we've already discussed things like seasons coming to an end. You took advantage of the summer of 2019 to prepare yourself for when Europe started again in September. And yeah. we've got that similar scenario now with MLS, K-League and J-League. And I think there'll be some opportunities over the next two to three months for managers to really assemble some very competitive tournament teams for when these resume in February. The question is, who's got the patience? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's, the, the market currently is really uh, is really corre- correlated to the to the usability of the player. If if you can use a player on the next two weeks. It will value a lot, but if you, if you cannot use him for two months, his price is like uh, really, really low. So yeah, market is currently really dependent on the usability of the player. If you can use it, you have to pay. If he's if he's not usable, uh, you can get him for very cheap. Yeah, yep, I think that's fair. And as, as you both pointed out, you can pick up some bargains that are, are out of favour, and that's maybe something we've all all done if you are able to have a bit, little bit more patience pick up that injured player that you were looking at that was maybe a, a bit too expensive when they were they were in form but now that they are on the bench or, or injured or c- coming back from a, a bad injury mm. you can maybe pick them up fairly fairly cheap so yeah it's quite interesting I've got a, a couple of um, Zeno Van Houstens and he had that horrific injury fairly recently and I've, I've been looking at some of the, the further auctions that have came out for him and his price has actually been a, a lot higher than I was expecting him to go for. I was thinking I could maybe pick up some really cheap because that was a, a really bad injury and we, we would expect him to be out for quite some time. But it looks like with cer- certain players, there's still a, de- a demand. So other people were maybe looking at doing that that same thing and that's maybe what's driven that price up. But yeah, definitely there's going to be some bargains to be had as, as players pick up an injury or or go out of form. And if you can show that patience, they might be become useful in six months' time it might be the, the following season. It might even be in, in two seasons' time, but there'll be lots lots of different managers that are able to, to maybe sit on players for that eventuality. Others that maybe aren't, and obviously, yeah, you, you've got that, that decision whether you can afford to, to sit on that. Well, there's different ways of making a return on, on your card. As I say, there's no guarantee just because you buy a form card tomorrow and play them in your team on Friday, that you're going to win an award, a reward on Tuesday. But if you are able to buy a solid player, which has a, an injury at under market value, we've all seen that when a player returns, if they can get two or three game scores, you know, in their last SO5 scores, and make them look attractive, even if those scores are 45, 70, 55, something like that. All of a sudden, a card that you might have spent 0.05 ETH on historically has always been a 0.1 ETH card or slightly more. Well, you can potentially double your money on a card like that. Uh, And as I said, if you've got different strategies running simultaneously, you might have 10% of your collection dedicated to injured cards. And when they start coming back into play again, you can sell those on into the market. Uh, I think we've seen that. There's users that buy players like Demoral uh, from Juventus uh, waiting for him to come back and 
guys, Luis Felipe from Lazio is another. Quebec, mm. he had more of a five-match suspension. But these were all examples when I was looking for, you know, solid centre-backs. You could buy a rare version of these for under 0.1. Fast forward maybe another three months from now. If these become first-teamers again, regularly hitting scores above 50 and 60, then I can't imagine a Serie A defender under 23 playing regularly being, you know, under 0.1 ETH for very long. Yeah, sure, yeah. For, for sure, yeah. Demiral is one of his examples because Demiral can really be a starter as he's very, very solid player. But he is he's quite weak. So Demiral is, is one player I have on my collection, even if I don't like injured players, because I know he's very, very solid. Because, yeah, quality because here, he can't compete with Delict and uh, there is not many players who can compete with Delict. I think we've seen that last year, didn't we, when they, they made that big signing off the lit and he, he actually was keeping him out of the team. Demiral until that that injury or he, he was certainly seeming to, to be favoured last season quite a bit so there's definitely a quality there I'd like to see the, the two of them playing together and well I think that will happen at some point I mean, uh, absolutely Chiel- I think Chiel- that's Chiel- why they've been brought Chiel- in Chiellini and Bonucci can't go on forever and yeah. so again in the same way that we're talking about injured players we can talk about transfers where we should see players succeed veterans that are playing at their, their team and I think Maybe going back to your Bruges example, uh, Seguin, looking at someone like Charles de Quetelara, who is getting more and more game time now. I'm sure there's a succession plan for him to become a stable part of the, of, of, of the top, yeah, of, of the yeah. attack of Club Bruges. Trying to think ahead, these cards might be getting only a few substitute appearances now, but if they continue to progress, you can buy players now that are currently substitutes that may be later in the season or might take a full season. Uh, before they become regular starters. Yeah, I certainly pick up quite a, a few like that. And you mentioned some people may set aside, you know, ten percent to pick up injured players and, and that like I don't have a, a set percentage, but I do typically pick up players that I know are giving me no utility, but they, they will give me some utility in the future or they'll be a, a valuable card to someone else. They're not necessarily going to be world beaters, but they are going to be coming back from a, an injury, getting into to a team they are going to be a regular starter in a European champion side or a challenger side. So, yeah, you pick up these guys when they're, they're maybe not quite getting the game time, knowing the quality. So if you, you do your scouting, well, something we'll, we'll go on to a bit later there. You talked about so using we Scout, and there's lots of other, other sources that we can, can use as well. But if there's a player that you understand that you think, Mark, you know, you've talked about Quebec in the past, there's a, a young centre-back that I think I, I also agree he's got really high high potential. He's a, a quality quality player there, but things aren't quite going for him at, at the moment so with, with those games out, with just the, the way Schalke have been performing. So if you can pick up players that are maybe on the periphery, um, they've not made that big move yet, they've not started hitting form, yeah. There's, there's potential opportunity in those guys. Yeah, but uh, even even players that because uh, I feel like there is a lot of cycle. For example, I will take uh, the example of Luis Alberto. Currently, he's not scoring that well, and I suppose that his price uh, decreases. So even very good player who, who was very good scorer also have some some 
sometimes uh, bad performance in real life or their, their level decrease a little bit. But uh, because of the cycle, they, they, they can come back in two months and uh, be at the top. So, so yeah, I will say, yeah, there is like uh, this kind of player. Also, Van Aken, I feel like Van Aken these days is uh, maybe because they play uh, Champions League, they play every three days. So I feel like maybe he's more tired, he, he's, uh, he's scoring less. But yeah, also not only injured players, but also players who are uh, performing uh, under their, their, their potential can also be good investment also. Yeah, I've had a, a recent example. Um, so Lucas Hernandez, somebody I picked up shortly after Bayern came onto the platform. I picked him up for about 0.4 ETH, about £140 at the time. And oh. just a couple of days ago, I was able to pick up a, a second one for £66. So <laughs> just because the you know the, the sentiment around him has fallen off, he had that back injury. Um, it wasn't a, a bad one. And so he's not got five nice green scores showing there. Yeah, a, t- a 24-year-old Bayern defender. I know that they have lots of, of defenders in there. Obviously, we've got Alfonso Davies and Pavard and, and others in that defence. But there's going to be a point in time where he's worth a, a lot more. Um, certainly from a utility perspective for me in some of my Division 4 and Division 3 lineups. So, yeah, if you can pick a player out of form, you can sometimes pick up a bargain. And I think when you see players that are currently in form, like up until last week, players like Bongonda, players like uh, Pedro Goncalves that had, you know, completely green scores under their under their last five matches. Uh, you can see again, there was some fantastic sales. Somebody made a very strong sale of a super rare Bongonda. Saw that on Twitter, uh, well over two ETH. Uh, it just goes to show what the market can pay out if you are patient with players and then you sell them at, you know, it might be the wrong time to sell soon too because that player could have gone on to win you more cards or more tournaments maybe. But uh, there, there is some good advantages to, to holding players until they get back into form and then putting them onto the market because the uh, I say the premium people are prepared to pay is is is, is very high. Yeah, so that, that was actually very interesting at the beginning, Zeg, like when you mentioned that you do the opposite. So every couple of weeks, you'll look at selling off your, your worst performers. So I, I do the, the opposite of that. Every couple of weeks, I'll look at who are my, my highest performers. And I'll, I'll look at, I'm, I'm not selling all of these players. So I don't, I don't want to get rid of all my best players. But I will look at players who I maybe think are a bit overheated, who I think I'll be able to, to get a decent price for on the market who I think maybe that form is just short term and they're, they're not going to sustain that. So this might be the, the peak price point I can get for that player. I've had some success doing that recently. Yeah, there's that balance, isn't there? Selling your best players in and obviously profiting from them when they're in form. There certainly is. Right. So talking of best players and... Who will you be lining up this week? So game week one, two, six, starting on Friday, the 18th of December. Looking at the matches, it's a packed weekend. Last week of the J League in Japan, got Serie A, La Liga. Portugal is back after uh, a week off and they had some cut matches. Uh, Seems that full Jupiler, we've got Turkish League. Everyone's in play. So uh, any standout matches for either of you that you've uh, seen so far? I think you you mentioned the Leverkusen Munich match. I think also PSG and Lille, so two sort of fairly big top of the table games with clubs that are all on the platform. So that gives managers quite a few selection headaches, doesn't it? I'm sure a lot of managers will have lots of players from each of those teams. I often have an Mbappe and a Bamba in the same team, in the same lineup. Am I going to do that this week with them playing head to head? Not so, not so sure. So yeah, that, that'll be an interesting one. 
especially with Neymar's injury. So hoping Mbappe can take the limelight, get four goals, you know, and, and kick on while while Neymar Neymar's out. Yeah, Leverkusen Munich. Leverkusen have been so good as well off late, haven't they? So personally, I'd like to see them win that, just to give us a bit of a title race in Germany. So it was good when Dortmund pushed Bayern in the past. Well, I guess oh. Sigwin's after Lazio-Napoli. Is that your standout game? <laughs> Napoli. Yeah, Lazio-Napoli. <laughs> it screwed my Div 1 because I have Luis Alberto and Napoli players. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, you've always got the ability now to use in Division 2 as well. But uh, So when you have two teams that you have many player cards for both te- both sides and they're playing each other, what, what, what strategy do you use? I will say I chose, I chose one team. I chose my side. <laughs> I, uh, if, if I feel one, I feel one team is, will dominate the other one, um, I will take... Uh, for example, for this, for this the current game week, uh, Napoli has a difficult game against Inter, but uh, because of Napoli, uh, because of Inter uh, concede a lot of goals, I still put uh, my offensive players uh, from Napoli. And I also put uh, Koulibaly because even if they take, if, they, if uh, Inter score one or two or three goals, I think he can still uh, secure a good score because of the passing, because because I think Napoli will have the ball, but we'll see tonight, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's a nice matchup, and he's got a, a good matchup probably against Lukaku, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see from yes. both players, the duels won, the duels lost, if they uh, if they pair up against each other. Other standout games, what do we got? Well, we've got Porto, look as though they've got a convincing home, home win, but uh, they uh, struggled to get past Tondela with with a, a pretty full team, 4-3 at home. I'm I'm interested this week in the Japanese games. Last week, I'm sure there'll be a bit of rotation, maybe a bit of sentimentality for some of the older Japanese players that might be uh, retiring at the end of the season. You never can tell. Uh, there were some great scores today in Asia. I think this will be the last chance to use these cards for a couple of months. So I'm probably going to try and use as many as possible obviously in the Asia League, but uh, also across the All-Star as well. Uh, give these guys one more chance to uh, to do their thing. You obviously, you're, you're referencing King Kazu there. Now, that, that's an interesting one because I, I bought one and I'm trying not to, to use him. I personally, I don't want level any XP on him whatsoever. I want to keep him as a, a fresh mint card. I don't think I'm going to get enough utility out of him ever to make it worth spoiling him. Um, and I know that's not something that's even on people on, on the radar at the moment, but I think it might be in the future. And there's only a handful of cards that that might be worthwhile doing so with. Um, I don't know what your, your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to make a lot of difference. Personally, I own one Kinkazu. I'd love to have him in a team at a time where he scores a goal. I think I'd regret not having him. If he scores this weekend and I don't have him in a team, I think I'd be somewhat disappointed. But that's only, you know, almost like a personal yeah, yeah. You know, t- a personal target within the collection. But, you know, I just think it's fascinating in Japan that the longevity of some of these players, there was a guy for Kawasaki today, 39 years old, he scored 98 points. It's crazy, um, isn't it? <laughs> these guys can truck on and they're amazing value. And if we can get a better understanding as to rotation and try to avoid DMPs, I think Japanese cards in All-Star next spring can easily outperform most of the Euro Champions cards and they can outperform the Euro Challengers. So trends yeah. like this, when we saw the 
K League, when we see the MLS that have got very high scoring games, I don't know if you've got an opinion on this, uh, Sanguine. Do you think that in the All Star divisions there is an advantage to using perhaps some of the exotic players? Yeah, yeah of course, I totally agree. Uh, in Europe, um, games are tougher, so uh, for sure, MLS or J League or K League players will will, will make. Very, very, very good score for cheaper than uh, European players in All-Star, definitely. The same for the same goes for uh, under 23. But uh, the problem, the difficulty, as you said, is really DNP. It's really f- difficult to find data, to find information about when a player is injured, when a player is, uh, is not playing. But definitely, yeah, you can have really good score for, for cheaper. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that probably takes us on to the next segment that we, we were going to look at. So scouting players, and you kind of touched upon it there. It's, it can be more difficult in, in some of the, the more obscure leagues, the leagues that we are, are naturally not as, as close to. But as you, you pointed out, Mark, there's, there are people out there with a lot of knowledge in that space who who can share that and help us build build up that understanding ourselves. So yeah, definitely reach out to, to those in the community who have a, a better grasp and who are in, involved in those leagues. I think that takes us on to looking at scouting players. So, so last week with Mel Football MDJ, we looked at selling players. This week, we're, we're going to focus on the scouting of players. So Sigwin, I think you, you've touched upon watching a lot of football and using We Scout. Do you want to take us through your approach to scouting for Surya? So yeah, so my approach uh, to scouting, uh, I will I will mainly uh, mainly use, uh, I will say, Soraya data to find players uh, who do good score. And afterwards, I will... Uh, I will uh, verify our player is real uh, is playing in real life. So, so if I find, uh, for example, uh, someone has a good score, I will try to understand why. If uh, his playing style, if I like his playing style, can be a, it can be a good buy for me. What do you sure. what do you enjoy playing style wise? Are you looking for someone that dictates play, someone that has a lot of influence? Yeah, I will say I will mainly focus on playmaker. I think uh, that's players that everybody like to see. For example, la, one of my last purchase as unique was uh, was uh, Müller from Bayern. Uh, this kind of player, yeah, playmaker, I would say, are, are, are quite the most interesting. And I think it ca- can be good. For example, I suppose uh, next season we'll get new players in the Asian League, in the K-League, J-League, but also in uh, in America, in uh, in MLS, there will be new clubs. It can be interesting uh, in these new clubs where we will not have data, but they're last scoring. Uh, it can be interesting to, to look uh, who is the playmaker who's the scorer of the team the score is easy you can find the top scorer of the of last season but the playmaker is maybe harder to see and uh, yeah that's kind of uh, stuff you can uh, you can find on uh, we scouts yeah I, th- I think that is quite important isn't it being able to actually watch passages of play or, or watch f- full games we touched upon Saul earlier both of you um, and, and sometimes maybe the the data that is available so top scorers or, or assists now don't quite give you that same understanding of how a player's involved or, or dictates play. And obviously, I suppose we, we have to remember. So, so, for example, one stuff I did uh, on WeScout, you can uh, you can uh, choose, uh, you can uh, narrow uh, with uh, different statistics. So I narrowed uh, Bruno Fernandez to uh, to look what what uh, which stats uh, Bruno Fernandez uh, has uh, better than uh, any other player. 
Penalties. And yeah, of course, penalties. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. But uh, and uh, I did this uh, for all leagues. And uh, for example, in Champion Euro, uh, the player who was the closest about stats is uh, Luis Alberto. In Challenger, it's uh, uh, Vadis Odija. In the Asia, it's Iniesta. And in America, it's Pozuelo. So yeah, this is this is a kind of analysis also I do in Scout. So it's using the, the narrowing uh, stats of uh, Bruno Fernandez, the stats who, who carry what he have different, so just, uh, this kind of stats. And I, I apply it for other league to, to try to find the similar players. Uh, that's interesting. No wonder um, I had, I've won two Vadises and uh... Both put them on both up to, for sale fairly fairly um, cheaply and they both went very quickly so maybe someone else is also comparing them against Bruno Fernandes well we need to perhaps uh, say a few words for Iniesta today who sadly picked up a four month injury uh, has hopefully he? he yeah hopefully he will continue to come back and uh, show us and grace, uh, grace us with his skills but uh, yeah always a sad day when someone like that especially at their age could that be the last time that they've uh, played you know, at, the, at, the, at the top level or uh, will he recover from yeah bad injury unfortunately yeah that's what always sad to see but I'm sure there's there's going to be someone who's fairly happy they've got their scouting right and they've, they've picked up that player who's waiting in the wings to replace Iniesta so well I think Iniesta's a bit of a collectible as well isn't he I mean, he is yeah I suppose he's, it's he's a bit sporadic that, those game, that game time I, I mean he's not someone that I'm particularly interested in so I won't sell an Iniesta for my portfolio because I think again and as time goes by, you want to look back on certain players and, you know, enjoy the memories that they gave you. And uh, he's certainly up there for me. I mean, he is, you know, he's, he was just so good to watch. If there's one team outside of Liverpool I could watch, it would be watching Iniesta and uh, and uh, Ronaldinho and uh, Messi in their prime. Yeah, I think there's only some players that are ever going to have that that kind of appeal. And as you said, part of a, a great team, uh, you know, an era-defining team, that, that Barcelona side, Xavier and Iniesta and all those other great helping Messi to dominate Europe so yeah people will want him for a sentimental reason I looked at him the other day there it was a bit too expensive for me to pick up at the moment for someday it's not going to give me a great deal of utility but yeah other people are clearly buying for what price on enjoyment though what price on enjoyment there is that. I think I'm spending far too much on enjoyment. I am. I am meant to be selling off some cards to actually trim down the portfolio, but I seem to be adding at a much faster rate. There's an addiction with the, the auction market. But part of this is what we've touched on before. So scout players that I think have, have got inherently higher value than they're currently going for because there's such a, a short-term focus on form in, in the short term I think it is worthwhile me picking up some some of these players and I'm in, in no rush to necessarily sell a lot of them I'm happy to, to hold on to them and the, these players have got long careers and the beauty of Serie is they don't necessarily even need to do it at the, the existing club they're at they, they can move on clubs sometimes these players are not maybe going to make it at that, that top level side they're at and it's maybe going to be a move back to a lesser league um, in, in the short term so yeah there's these situations as well so building up a, a whole bunch of, of players in the collection um, it's getting harder and harder to actually select the, the right ones for the game weeks because of this but I'm sure as the, the platform develops we'll get more sort of filtering and, and ability to, to set lineups in, in advance that way or, or have you know, some kind of Application there that, that makes that a little bit easier. So Mark Seglin's given us a, a view on his, his scouting approach. 
What's yours? Um, I'm not prepared to reveal those uh, techniques. I will. Uh, Is that um, a subscription fee? No, there's no subscription. And and to be honest, there's probably a lot less thought and scouting that actually goes on. And you know, I, I still I don't I don't buy that many cards. I don't feel as I buy that many cards. So I at least try and sell as many as I, as I buy. I, I'll go with my guts a lot of the time it's it's either players i like it's players that i i hope to do well i think i'm fortunate in the fact that i don't have to buy players to fill gaps in game weeks uh there's you know and especially now with asia and mls my collection is more geared towards european champions and a little bit towards european challengers so i think for the next couple of months i've got enough to see me through the major competitions no i don't look at the market nearly as much as i used to i used to hang on every auction or refresh the secondary market every you know half an hour hour or so just to see what's on there but now i don't and it's only if i see something that i instantly think oh that's crazy value the new team's obviously motivate me so tomorrow we've got a new team whoever that happens to be so it's always interesting to see the initial reaction on 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 the on the market for players for the first time so sometimes picking up one of the first five or ten cards uh before everybody realizes oh he was actually quite good wasn't he oh and there's only 10 of him in circulation and you have to wait for the next auction so there's little things like that but no i don't think uh there's there's nobody up there that i'm really saying i've got to own him right now that i don't own it's I get more fascination from watching how my rivals look people like Segwin that are building super impressive collections and adding key parts key uniques that make him stronger to compete against so I would say that if I am scouting now it's more a reaction to how I see my immediate competitors behaving and if they strengthen then that maybe forces me to think about okay maybe I need to strengthen so I've got got a nice selection of cards you've still got to choose the right ones on a, on a given week but if everyone else is strengthening faster than you it's like in real life you know Liverpool won the title last year didn't really make that many purchases ended up getting Jota at the tail end of the transfer window okay we've had some injuries but the Premier League is, is looking very very different than it was this time 12 months ago uh, and I think it's the same in Surrey I've always said this on these podcasts is that if you sit back and don't do anything with your collection then the chances are you will get caught by other hungrier managers more active managers and if you look at your portfolio in six months and you haven't really freshened it up then you, you will probably find it uh, more difficult so yeah for me long long answer but the short version is I'll just react to whatever the market throws at me yeah some, some good points right so one another competition we've been playing and, and this moves us on to the, uh, the the community side of uh, the game over the last seven days is that Sarare Data have been working hard to deliver another side tournament off the platform entirely where it's not on Discord you don't have to type in anything all you've got to do is log into your Sarare data account play what they call the Sarare data cup which is similar to uh, what clip put together in terms of matching managers against other managers but this time it's no team component and you know we've actually got two-thirds of team Luxembourg on the cast today so we won't talk about that uh, <laughs> now we now we can fight individually uh, to get out of a group uh, four four managers per group, two managers. The top two progress towards a, a knockout bracket, and even the bottom two get placed into a uh, uh, another bracket to uh, to play out 
for an eventual winner as well. So uh, who's in your respective groups and how did you get on in the first week? So uh, I win my first game and uh, Go Luxembourg. Currently, currently I'm playing against a buzzing Paul. And what's how's that? How's that looking? I know we're only one day into the games, but uh, are you feeling confident? Yeah, he, he played. He played uh, Lafont on as goalkeeping. I play Navas, so I think. I think. Uh, but I think uh, maybe the game is playing now. Not is playing. So, so I don't know. Yeah, good luck to him. Uh, he played many uh, Paris players. He played Mbappé, Di Maria. So. And, and Depay also so you can also do a very good score yeah. yep I managed to, to win my, my first round match there so that was against Joga Benito um, currently it's live the, the second round game I'm down at the moment and I'm up against Reich who has got a very solid lineup in there so Milinkovic Savic and Immobile Immobile is captain so yeah he's already got 175 points from, from those two and still has Mignolet Schoenbert and Vlasic to go that's so, yeah, so I've got Vanakin, Mbappe, and Bamba. Bamba currently in play. Gijo has already played, and Magnin in play as well. So I have a feeling I'm probably going to lose out on this one. But overall, it looks like I should finish in the top two. There's a good chance of finishing in the top. Two. But it's a cracking competition, isn't it? I mean, it's, it is it's already it's, it's already got lots of people talking, and the only thing is that uh, because for me, I'm so used to using the Serer platform. You know, even making changes like I know we chat about. Uh, injuries as as a and team news coming up to the Tuesday deadline or the Friday deadline, which I can then go and change in my teams on Serer. But I, I left Pellegrini in in my lineup this week on Serer data because he had a great you know what well, he had a great match last week and he helped win a valuable prize for me. And I thought, well, he's definitely going to get starting. And then Tom tells me he's doubtful. So, but that was after five o'clock. So I wasn't able to change him. So I've got a pretty strong lineup. I'm happy with my team. Tom knew that by about three o'clock. He oh, just held out, held out. Uh, I don't know. I think I think you're trying to play me off against Tom. We got a great relationship <laughs> about injuries and team news. Um, but no, I'm happy with my team. My my opponent this week had a, a Zav Mercier, but he put Thomas Henry in. That's got a DMP. I think a lot of people got caught out by him this week. He's on fire. He's a, he's a great card at the moment, both from OH Leuven. But yeah, I'm up against a Vanaken captain still to come, a Mignolet. So if Bruges have uh, a, a good score, then uh, yeah, I'm going to need to have uh, something from my guys. But uh, yeah, I managed to sneak a win in the first game. So yeah, I guess the target is one win in the final two games to progress. Yeah, as you said, creating a lot of excitement we're, we're not going to cover it in too much detail or go into to much more but we'll have a, a special episode with hg coming on look forward to that coming out so i suppose one of the, the other big talking points this week was those huge unique auctions and um, alfonso davies and the Wurtz uniques going up so marka i know you picked up that that works you clearly rate him very highly six and a half thousand fourteen point eight e for that works unique but that was nothing in comparison to the the Alfonso Davies who, who went for, for 27 so yeah what, what's your thoughts on on those two guys clearly your rate works very highly I do I, I think as, as we've touched on earlier Leverkusen have had a great start to the season I hope they can turn over Munich like you said to make the Bundesliga race as interesting as possible I think you know there's there's certainly a premium in there because of his age and he is so young uh, for me the most important part was his position the fact that midfield is where I feel as I, I, I needed to improve you know I've got Rice Yes, Rice, you know, trucks along and steady 50 here and there. Renato Sanchez is, is, has been hit and miss. Havertz isn't scoring that well. Torres is in and out of the team. To me at the moment, yeah, it's chasing a little bit 
bit of form versus playing well when he's not at school doing his exams. Relative value to, I know Alfonso Davis is a different beast altogether. He's a bit more proven playing at arguably, you know, the best team in, in Europe right now. I was happy with the price I paid. I prefer to think of it in ETH than, than, than pounds. Please don't remind me in pounds. But yeah, relative to other things that I've spent, I think, yeah, hopefully he'll turn out to be a good acquisition. And you've got to appreciate that youth is going to take time to uh, prove and pay for themselves. But geez, he's 17 years old and, you know, the under 23 league is exciting. You know, he's getting considerable more game time than people like Cherky, who again is yep. someone that's been massively hyped on the platform. So he'll slot in. Hopefully, uh, he'll uh, he'll continue his form. And yeah, it's 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 a car which also didn't exist last season as well. So that was interesting for me. The fact that some uniques come out and they've got they're having their second version, and in some cases their third version. So to me, you know, there can't be another Verts unique until. September, October of next year, at the earliest. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting some of the, your thinking going behind that because I think typically a player that young doesn't normally get bought as a utility purchase, but we're seeing he's getting quite a lot of game time and performing extremely well there. So, yeah, great to see him and Mussolini, quite a, a few of the, the young guys coming in at such a young age and performing at the top, top level. Obviously, we've seen it with Sancho and Havertz and, and others last year, even your your Kai Havertz um, as well, still just a 20-year-old last season before he made that move. So, yeah, they seem to be getting younger and younger at the moment, some, some of these guys. So I don't blame you for getting on him early and yeah, getting that unique him. Leverkusen also as well, I think uh, arguably in amongst the seeds uh, that could do well in the Europa League. He goes well with Bailey and Derby, which I own as well. So it's almost like that's that's a team yeah. now that is hopefully geared towards progressing at least two, if not three extra rounds in the Europa League, which is six games. And hopefully over those course of six games, as the pack thins down, if Leverkusen and Shakhtar, which is another team that I've, I've hedged and, and put some new cards into, uh, I'm hoping for a couple of midweeks in March, April, where there's not that many teams playing. And I can hopefully then use Leverkusen and Shakhtar cards to uh, to, to gain a slight advantage. Yeah, interesting. Building those pieces up. and Yeah, that's... Always good to see. Do we dare ask Seguin what his next uh, unique target is, or does he does he keep that privately to himself? Oh, it's hard. I don't have currently targets. <laughs> <laughs> we, because we don't know. This is one difficult point. Uh, it's hard to plan for unique because you don't know what it come for super or rare. You can find them on the market on auction really fre- frequently. But uh, when uh, about uh, unique, you don't know when when it's coming. So this is really hard to plan. Uh, when I start. I, I was planning to buy a, a full team of Unique and it took me a very long time to have uh, the player I wanted. Oh, so it seems to me that the Uniques now tend, or well, a lot of the Uniques tend to be players that are in form or have had a good game. Whenever I'm doing some research on players that I'm not so familiar with, when you look at their scores, they seem to be in either a you know consistent run of form or they've just scored very highly. I don't know whether that's deliberate or... Yeah, uh, but as you I've, said, I've you, can't, that. You, yep. you can't tell who's coming next, can you? Yeah, maybe a, a, there's a. It's it's not every player, but yeah, there certainly seems to be a, a case of quite a few with recent high green scores being listed, and th- and that makes sense. Um, obviously, you want a demand for these players, but you don't fancy this Ugbo. Who's he online from? I think he goes quite high. Um, I, w- I would be, but I think there's quite a bit of hype around him, so I don't think I'd get him for a price that. 
I'd be happy with. And Morita as well. Hasn't he just had, yeah, he just had a game, a hundred games today, the uh, Japanese guy. He's just, over, he's 24 as well. So again, great card, but can you do anything with him for a couple of months? Or is he one that you bank on that gets a new contract? And, and... With my collection, so how I venture into the unique market probably needs to be with some challenger or champion cards that way. Yeah, I can start to slot them into maybe Division 2 when I, I get the, the first one there and build up towards a, a Division 1 entry. So that would be my my target. I know obviously I can look at using them in, in global, but yeah, it would make sense to build on what I already have there. Well, it can all change tomorrow, can't it? Brand new team. There'll be probably two two or three uniques of that new team out tomorrow and uh, I'm sure we'll all find someone that we fancy adding to our collection. Yeah, got a bit of a balance. Ready to go excited see you at the auction house that's it that's it so that brings us to the end of today's so rare global fantasy football podcast hope you found it useful as always if you could like subscribe and leave a review then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users see you next time